2023, the new year, and here we are for your special new year episode, episode 77 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. And this is going to be yet another Across Florida 200 story. On the chat, we've got your first ever female finisher of the Across Florida 200, Loveland Finley. She got it done and also on the chat, we've got her crew. We've got Steven, Rosa, and Megan. And of course, you know, we got to give a special shout out to the O-Town Blazers and to those pacers she had out there on the course. You know, Kayla was out there, Joseph Greenslade, Jordan and Carrie, Louis Espinoza, and I even got to get out there for some miles. Like, it was freaking awesome. So Loveland, you know, she's new to the sport and she took this beast of a challenge head on. And it was honestly mind-blowing see Loveland just knock out those miles like hour after hour after hour. And hey, you know, so with that, let's get right into the Across Florida 200 with Loveland and her crew. Uh, uh, hello. Good morning. Um, so... Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna run. <laughs> she she's gonna run far. Okay. Have a super freaking awesome run. This is the um. I love these. This looks like a roller coaster. She's the only one that loves it. <laughs> I mean, but I love it because it's soft in our feet because we've been running on roads. Yeah, let's power walk it. I know we're power walking. Yeah. All right, here we are, mile 66 now. Another checkpoint. First run of the morning. Everybody's feeling good. Pew pew. Waiting on Lewis to get here. Good spirits. Everybody's sharp. We're gonna have some breakfast, uh, some spam, and rice. rice and other goodies. It's Filipino breakfast. Yes, Filipino breakfast at its finest. Okay. Day two. That's it. <laughs> Good morning. Sunrise. A mother tree. Lord child man. Just gotta hike them. Morning, Joe. Pretty beautiful. Quick update from the trail. We're, I think, um, 158, 158 on the beacon. Um, doing good. Things are going great. She's strong. Feeling good. Beautiful out here on this berm. Joseph, what bridge is this again? I have no idea. It's over the St. John's River oh. in Palatka. Good morning. Day four. 18 to 20 miles to go. Quite the evening yesterday. We love a palatka, that's for sure. Um, you ready to go, Loveland? You ready to finish this out? We do. <laughs> Took a, like a two-hour nap. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Ooh. Going out to Sand Ridge, getting that long run, and then doing another long run with uh, Andy over in Ocala. Nice, nice. Hey, Megan. Hi, Steve. Hello. Oh, hello. What's up? 
How's it going? We are here. The gang's all here back again. Well, let's do it again this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> your Whose turn. turn is it? Your, your turn, Steve. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I just like driving the camper van. I don't remember the last time I've been on the five-way call before, so. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Zoom. This is the first. <laughs> yeah. It's like work, but cooler. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, hey, we made it through the holidays. We did. Almost. Yeah. Oh, that's true. New Year's. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's coming. I still have to work tomorrow, so. Yeah. The older I get, the more I don't care about New Year's. It's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. It's time for bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think I've stayed up late for, I haven't stayed up late until midnight. I don't remember when, because I've fallen asleep every time. Yeah. That's the thing. You, like, you want me to stay up until midnight and go to bed around one o'clock because I have to clean up after everyone's mess? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think that one of the best New Year's Eve that I had, I went camping. Yeah. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, it's close to midnight. Let's go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, how are, how are y'all feeling from the weekend and obviously the, the holiday weekend? I mean, I'll go first. Um, I mean, it was just, I'm still tired. <laughs> I'm still yeah. recovering and I'm, I'm still tired because it was just right when we got back. It was just like getting prepared back, you know, preparing for the holiday pretty much. Like went shopping, which, you know, um, felt like I was still on a race <laughs> during that time because standing <laughs> in the line. Um, you should get in the motorized cart. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I should have, but yeah, I'm still tired. But yeah, I'm glad that the holiday is over, um, and that New Year, the New Year is coming. So I'm, I'm excited for the New Year to come in. Yeah, because Loveland, didn't you go to the ER too? Smooth <laughs> 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 recession. I love it. <laughs> I did. Uh, not last. Yeah, not yesterday, but the day before, I did. Um, you know, Ron warned us about this, right? I remember him saying this at like what mile one sixty, and he said that anybody I that do remember that. <laughs> finishes uh, below 70 miles. I think that's what, I mean, 70 hours. Um, he said that there's people that have been to the emergency room and I, I, I'm one of them, um, definitely, because my body just didn't know what to do. And suddenly I was, uh, I was just eating dinner with my friend and we were having a good time. And then I felt really sick, like I was going to pass out. Um, my heart rate went down to about, about 30s in the 30s, like 37, 38. Um, my blood pressure plummeted and I couldn't get up. And um, I was feeling really dizzy. Not, I don't, It was weird to say dizzy. It's more like everything was closing in and I felt like I was going to pass out. So I was sitting in a Mexican restaurant eating some chips and salsa. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I had her call 911 because I couldn't put my head up. Um, I just wanted to close my eyes and... It was so sudden, like it wasn't even like, you know, oh, I don't feel good. You know, it was just like suddenly I just didn't feel good. So that scared me. And so we made a call to call 911. Paramedics came and sure enough, my blood pressure and my uh, my heart rate was low. And they took me to the emergency room, recommended that I would go to the emergency room. So that's where I went. And diagnosis is that I need to rest, <laughs> what the doctor <laughs> said. <laughs> Now, did the doctor ask you, oh, what have you been up to lately? You know, it was the craziest thing because my friend, um, you know, when they were loading me up to the uh, ambulance, my friend said, she just yelled at, she just yelled out of nowhere. She's like, she just ran 200 miles. <laughs> like, she, like, it was like an announcement, but 
and I was like, yeah, I guess, yeah, that that could be a that could be a factor. So, um, so it was on my sheet already. Whatever the doctor saw me, and she asked me about the whole process and what was it about, what was the race about. So we had this whole conversation about the what what the race was about, and basically she said, yeah, your body was just functioning to the. I mean, pushing it to the limit, right? And through the holiday, you know, never really stopped. And then now I finally sat down eating chips, <laughs> you know, relaxing. <laughs> and then my body was like, what the hell are you doing? Well, then you're supposed to be moving and didn't know what to do. So it's almost like our body saying, you know, you've done so much already. Let's stop, reboot. And that's what happens. And it's just, it's just one of the scariest things. So yeah, that's basically what she said. It was it was kind of scary. I've never passed out in my life before. Um, I mean, it was like obviously almost a week after the race, so you know I didn't think of anything. So now I have to go to a cardiologist too, and just sure that everything is okay. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, they, they don't put uh, they don't put that in the marketing materials. You know, <laughs> if you if you hit you know if you hit under seventy hours, you too can go to the ER. <laughs> I thought I was out of the weeds, you know, it's been a week. Um, so, but I guess not. <laughs> Megan, I didn't get to tell you about that. I forgot. Yeah, to you didn't. You. I wasn't going to say anything. But like, oh my gosh, what the heck? <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I think I called many people freaking out about it, but. Oh, wait a minute. I, I kind of laughed. <laughs> <laughs> It's like hell yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> it's a badge of honor. It is. I feel like it was a badge of honor. Like I feel like if I didn't go to the hospital, maybe I am not. It didn't really happen, but yeah. Wow. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. You have plenty of proof that you did it. <laughs> you don't really need that. I, mean, I did not want to pay three hundred dollars, so I have to go to the ER, but I'm sure I'll get a, another yeah, bill yeah. for the ambulance. <laughs> Oh, for sure. It's like Matt Clapper said, like, you unlocked another level. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Gosh. <sighs> I mean, your body went through so much. So it kind of makes sense that, like you said, you were going, going, going. Then you got home. You were going, going, going. And then your body was like, what the crap? Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what the doctor said. I mean, literally what she said. I mean, I, it makes sense. It makes total sense yeah. how our body works, you know, like, or just our physio physiology, blah, whatever, the physiology of it. It, it, it makes sense. And um, I should have known, but I just, I didn't know. I didn't know better. So now I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did so well through the race too, taking care of yourself. It is oh, yeah. surprising. But I mean, again, I can see your body went through basically a lot of trauma. So that's probably it's just its reaction. But I mean, I mean can, so you, well can you imagine yourself. how lovely would it be if oh, she, she didn't happened. like eat like yep. she ate or like, oh, my gosh, oh right. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, can't even imagine the other the other side of it if I didn't do anything that I, I did. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Lesson learned <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for next time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for you guys, crew, how are you guys feeling? Good. Yeah. No, no trips to the ER, so um, <laughs> do, doing pretty good. You know, you know, looking forward to reliving it this journey through the podcast here. You know, I think kind of similar to Loveland, it was get back and try to process what she just went through and what we all went through, and then all of a sudden, boom, get ready for Christmas and it, you know, kind of go, 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 and 
And so the timing of this podcast is good because, you know, I think we've all probably had a little bit of time now to reflect. Um, whereas right after it was immediately jump into the holidays. So it was kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of a quick, uh, transition from what we were doing into family time. Got cut up on sleep. That was nice. And I guess before anything, you know, obviously we should do some introductions, you know, what's that running background for y'all? Go ahead, Loveland. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, I say it like, Ugh, you know, because yeah. I, I'm now that I'm reflecting and, and Steve mentioned that earlier, we, we reflect about what happened and I'm reflecting back in the last year is the right time too. you know, the new year is approaching, kind of just reflecting at all the things that I've done. It's kind of wild. And I don't think this is normal. And if it's normal, then I don't I don't know. Uh, but I haven't really met anyone in that took this route the same way as I have It's like, uh, last year, in you know, January, I ran my first 50 miles, because I knew we were going to run the forgotten Florida in February of this year. Uh, 2022 and then you know I ran that um, 100 and then you know thinking like wow I mean that was a big milestone from being such a just a new and ultra racing or ultra distance right Um, so basically I'm really new (laughs) ultra distance as far as I know you know most people don't do a hundred mile within the first year of running ultra marathons and then to be able to do a hundred miles and then a 200 within the same year to me is mind-boggling um I'm still like shaking my head that my body is capable of doing that um, but what I've learned also is, you know, I'm not really, a, I'm not a runner, runner, like I, I can run, I can go in the woods, and I can, I can walk for days, you know, hiking. Um, but I'm not, you know, like I can run. You are a runner. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't born like a runner, you know, I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't really start running until like in 2020, when COVID happened, you know, when yep. we needed to get outside. Um, but like the ultra distance, which is this year. And so to me, I'm still kind of in awe of what our bodies can do. If we really put our mind to some, like to me, my, my mind is stronger than my body. So I'm one of those people that if I put my mind into something, like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I don't do anything half-ass, you know, I will do it, you know, as best as I can. And, um, you know, whatever, and put my mind into it, my heart into it, my soul into it. Um, so I think that that was that's my running journey. Really, it's just you know I want to do something, and I trained for it, I prepared for it, and I got it done. Um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of mind boggling to me that it hasn't been that long that I've been in this sports, which is like I said, I'm still shaking my head of what I'm capable of, but it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. Um, I wasn't into sport ever, uh, ever. I, it was just like, just like Laughlin said, when COVID hit, that I was passing through a hard patch for me on my life, and and it was just like all of a sudden something that I could do that and not get exposed to anyone. It was running, and once I started running, it, it became addicted. Addicting. It was just like, I'm going to train for a 10K, half, full. Then I met Loveland. We're going to train for a 50K. 
<laughs> and then she went for a hundred miler. I was like, ah, no bike. <laughs> I'll fix <pay to> you. <laughs> um, and then I got into triathlons. But, but yeah, I do remember that we did 50K Scatter Summit October last year. And then she told me, oh, I'm doing Forgotten Florida. That it was just like, I don't know. I think that less than six months after that. And... And it was like a big jump for her. I was like, yeah, I'll pace you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the keys and then 200 pieces. This is escalating very quick. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have the same thing. I've, I've been running since I was like 16, but like 5Ks and basic road races. And um, COVID definitely, again, was one of the things that introduced me to trail running because I live near the um, little big econ state forest and I just needed the, the time away from my family and my kids during COVID. So I went to the trails and then I met, I joined O-Town Blazers and I had already done a marathon, but meeting the Blazers was like, look at all these races you can do, including 50 Ks <laughs> and 50 milers. And I'm not at the hundred mile yet, but it just like Lovin said, it was just a mindset thing. I was like, oh, I can't do this. But when you actually put your mind to do something and obviously train for it, you can do it. So that's kind of been my journey. Mm -hmm. Cool. And hey, this is Steve. Um, I actually did uh, run track and cross country in high school. Um, it was just okay. Uh, you know, then didn't do a whole lot through college, but then after college kind of had the, the itch to get back into running a little bit, probably like a lot of other stories out there, you know, it was like, okay, you know, do, do some five K's, 10 K's. Oh, there's a half marathon. Oh, the marathon. So it was just kind of, I kind of kept looking for that, that next pinnacle within that sport, you know, it was like, okay, well, road running, you know, is all I knew back then. And it was the marathon, you know, that's, that's the. The, the cream of the crop, that's that's what you want to, you know, that's the top, you know, uh, yeah. distance to, to go for. And and I did that and uh, and then actually got into triathlon similar to, I guess, uh, Rosa and kind of the same story there, you know, started at the sprint level and then uh, went into the international distance, the half Ironman, all the way through Ironman, did a, you know, four of those and then i was like okay i'm done with this endurance stuff and uh always liked hiking and backpacking when i was a kid and so would do that from time to time locally or on the at and and i would still run here and there but i never put i'm like you run on road and you hike and backpack on the trail and and it wasn't until uh, probably about three years ago, well, maybe going on four years ago, that I kind of just started doing some trail running on my own. But then it was like two years ago that I stumbled across uh, O-Town Blazers. And and then that's when things kind of really ramped up for me and uh, had already done a 50K prior to joining uh, O-Town Blazers. But since then, I've, I've kind of climbed that ladder of 50K. Actually, I went straight from 50K to 100 miler and, uh, <laughs> uh, and then another 100 miler and a lot of 50Ks in between. But uh, I don't know about that 200 miler yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, not we, that specific one. Yeah, we can talk more about it. But uh, <laughs> absolutely love crewing it and happy to do that again. But 
I don't know. Uh, that, that's quite the journey that we yeah. all just went on and, and amazing. But uh, there's my quick story. So the O-Town Blazers, obviously you guys have all mentioned that. What is that? Uh, well, O-Town Blazers is a trail running group here in Central Florida. Uh, we started back in, uh, what, 2021 of February. Is that correct? Yes. And um, it was really, it was from the birth again of from um, COVID. You know, I, just like Steve, I love backpacking and hiking in the woods. And then I like running on the road. That's all I really knew. Um, and then... I was thinking, I'm like, well, why don't we, you know, combine both? Like in my head, I'm like, well, I like hiking and I like running. So might as well just run in the woods too. So a few of my girlfriends, um, we started just kind of running together in the woods. And, but our schedules was really never, would never really um, line up because it's on the weekends or just random days. And, you know, being a female, um, I just didn't feel safe, you know, we would even text each other and say, you know, don't go without me or make sure you have somebody with you when you're going out in the woods, just because of that, that feeling of safe, being safe. And we just, I just never felt safe being alone in, in the woods, alone running. So I'm not really much afraid of the animals because they're just animals, but it's more about just random people that would you run into in the woods. So I, I get their concern. So <clears throat> I started looking around for a group to see if there was some group around that we can join um, to run on the weekends or so or a specific day but I didn't really find anything um, there were some random like meet up here and there but I wanted something more consistent um, that's something that you knew that it was going to happen that day and you can plan for it there was nothing like it in Orlando and so I was like well let's just go out and start one might as well let's cast the the net out there and see what happens we started a started a group on Instagram first and then we, and then second on Facebook and kind of put it out there. Um, our first meeting of on a Saturday, we had about like 12 people show up. So that was really cool. And then it kind of just grew from there. But basically, you know, I just wanted to run with people um, that, you know, so that we can feel safe together, especially as, you know, females or women out there. We wa I wanted a group of people that I can run with to feel, feel safe with. And then it kind of just turned into this like, amazing community you know where i met steve and megan and rosa here you know um just meeting them there and just forming this friendship and um just really caring about each other's journey and our goals and not only in in running but also in life and it's just kind of it's kind of amazing what this group has brought me um i love being i love being out there and being on the trails but i love spending time with the people like megan and steve and rosa and there's so many of them out there uh, that's part of o-town blazers so that's what it is 100 percent agree such an amazing group and i'm so glad you created it because i've met the best people because mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. yeah now what was i thinking when you're talking about o-town blazers oh and so the crew obviously like o-town blazers is such a common theme how did the crew come together well <laughs> <laughs> i mean um, i mean we love me since day one <laughs> <laughs> you know it was so it was cool because when i uh when i back in i think when i signed up for the uh cross florida 200 i signed up during around july after <laughs> After I ran the Keys 100, I signed up for the Across Florida <laughs> 200. I was definitely on the runner's high, right? Um, what I learned, so how the crew got together, basically, obviously, we met through O-Town Lacers. That's, that's pretty much it. But, um, but 
in Keys 100, I really learned how important having a crew and what type of crew and who are the people that are going to be crewing you. Uh, I think we've heard about that in other people's stories. We've seen that. We've read that all over from, you know, from other runners out there. Um, so I knew how how important having the right people with me in this race, specifically on this 200. And I just knew how Megan, like just knowing her this past months, couple, you know, eight months or so, or more, you know, really get to know her, like really, you know, she and I got closer and closer. We knew each other from Motown bases, but really getting to know her and just chatting with her and running with her. Um, she's just so caring. Megan is just so caring and so attentive. Um, she, I kind of feel like I have that like mama bear thing, yep. you know, feeling from her. That was her mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that I wanted her to be like, my mom, like, you know how you have a soccer mom? Like, I, like she would be my, like, o ultra crew mom. mom, right? Ultra mom. Ultra mom. Like, she would I love be it. my mom, yes. And because I knew she would know just how to take care of me. And I'm, I have a very, you know, my personality, my stubbornness, my, you know, the way I talk. Like, she just, she would know how to handle me. You know what I mean? Kind of like knowing a kid, how when they're throwing a tantrum, you know how to handle them. <laughs> <laughs> um, like she would know so that's why I picked Megan because I know she's just so lighthearted so she's so warm like you know she, I, I, I think during the race I would give her a hug once in a while it's almost like she's passing on this kind of like you know like why are you here why are you doing this and that's the reason why I knew Megan would be perfect for that role and then with Rosa, you know, she crewed me before for um, the uh, Forgotten Florida. She paced me there. And then um, and then we got really to know each other. And she, we really got to know each other during the Keys 100 when I asked her again to crew me. Um, and, you know, but what I, I, Rosa, I gave her a specific job because she's, I knowing her, she's very detailed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rosa, but I think you're so detailed. You pay attention to some things that I would never pay attention to. Um, and she knows how to take care of someone because she, you know, she's a doctor and and she she just knows how to take care of more like a more in the more in the brain function versus on what's in the heart. <laughs> so being realistic. Um, and I love that about her, you know, even like when she was like, it was during the dark, it was at night and she was trying to put on like this blinking light on my back and she's like, I can't see it. And I'm like, it's, you know, like she was telling me like, I can't see it. I need to be able to see you. And for me in my head, I'm like, I just want to go, just let me go. But she, she knew how important that is. And I know those are the things that I'm, I was looking for Rosa is to make sure that she takes care of the smallest details, the all the intricate things that she would pay attention to that most people won't pay attention to. And I knew that she would really be good at that. And she was just such a good pacer for me during that time too. She paced me for 40 miles. Yeah, she ran the most. Yep. She ran the most. Yeah. Out of all the pace. I told Lovely that a quarter of her block always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got it. I will, I will definitely <laughs> cut that for you. I promise. <laughs> um, I mean, she, she was a trooper, man. I mean, she just made me dance on the trail. We were yeah. singing. I would stop and say, like, Rosa, let's dance. Because I know, like, I couldn't do that to Kahlo or <laughs> or, or to see you. Like, mm -hmm. like, I would hate to see that one. <laughs> I wasn't going to, like, say, hey, can we stop for a second and dance? <laughs> you know, like, I just knew that she would bring in that kind of, you know, just to give me that gift to just be like, okay, you're doing it wrong if you're not uh, smiling. 
if you're not laughing. So I knew she was going to be able to do that. And then there was plenty of time towards the end when we ran that, you know, the eight mile in the road, like she was just dancing and like listening to music and I'm just like running and watching her. I actually was entertained by her <laughs> dancing and running. And, you know, she would listen to me without even like talking, like she could just read my body. And so that's the reason why Rosa was just a great partner on those miles that we shared. Um, and then of course with Steve, like, I don't know, ever since the Keys 100, um, I just felt like when, you know, he was like my crew chief. Steve is my crew chief, basically was in charge of a lot of things. Um, and he was in charge of our, our van, our um, basically transportation, making sure we don't get lost, you know, all the directions. I mean, I kind of gave him this big job um, because I knew like he could handle it. First, he can handle it. Second, it made me feel calm that I knew I could trust him that he's able to execute everything that I gave him. I mean, it was a piece of paper, but yet also he knew who I, he knows who I am. He knows how I work. We we ran together many, many times. We shared crew. We, he crews, he, he has crewed me. I've crewed him for Cruel Jewel. I feel like we're just like, we just know, we know what we want without even saying it. So a lot of that, just how, that's, that's how the, uh, the crew got together, just because I know how important to have this kind of people there because this is such a long run and and I, that's what I wanted in a crew no matter what so that's how I put them together <laughs> it was a process <laughs> but easy process you know <laughs> and what'd you guys think when uh, Loveland asked you the crew Again? I was excited I was like totally yes <laughs> <laughs> no no it was fun um part of the of the experience of crewing and pacing it's just like even though you're not doing a race for you, you learn so much in the process. Yes. And it's so exciting to see someone accomplishing a dream yes. and help them to do that. So um, I'm always excited. In every single every single task in race is like bigger and like longer. <laughs> <laughs> or farther. Farther. <laughs> but, but it's always a fun process. And I know that going to be exhausting and it's going to be stressing because you're taking care of someone else and 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 it involves a lot of stressful situations that sometimes you cannot control but also involves a lot of vulnerability and just like you make really strong bonds with with yeah. people that are surrounded by you in those moments so yeah it was it was a no-brainer it was like yeah i'm in Aww. Yep, and I, I echo that. And zero hesitation on my part, and, and as Loveland mentioned, you know, we'd we'd been through a couple other, um, you know, races together, both receiving crewing from her and crewing her, you know, during the keys. So, um, and and kind of knowing some of her other aspirations and goals and races that she still wants to do, you know, this was uh, certainly an A race and a goal for her, but and I think in some ways also a, a stepping stone for, for some other adventures ahead. So, and it's definitely been fun seeing her move through this, these different um, goals and, and hit them. And, and so, yeah, it was zero hesitation on my part and, and signing up for it. And, and again, when she mentioned, you know, the other two people crewing in Rose and Megan, I mean, it was, yeah, no brainer and we can get into it more later, but 
you know, I think that the cohesion amongst the crew is definitely very important in these kind of things, um, mm-hmm. particularly yep. on a multi-day, you know, type of an event like this. Um, and and I'm totally so grateful that I had the opportunity to do it with these two. Again, we can get into it more, but from where I'm sitting, I thought we all we work great. It wasn't without yeah. stress. Like oh, Rosen yeah. said, you know, there's some situations that you just can't anticipate, but at the end of the day, we, we always came together and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and handle it very we, well. Yeah. I thought, you know, obviously the end result says it all, yep. you, know, mm-hmm. you got it. And, uh, I thought we just worked really, really well, you know, as a team. Yeah. And, yep. Uh, totally agree. Yeah. So with the crew, what kind of prep did you really have for this thing? Because like you mentioned, like you had an extensive spreadsheet. (laughs) Oh, that was Loveland. That was all Loveland. We didn't do much prepping. I mean, I think Steve helped with it too, but like she is so organized. And like you said, she had her spreadsheet and she had everything all set. Like, I know I just showed up and I was like, all right, what do you want me to do? Oh, even for the meeting that we had before the race. Oh yeah, totally. Slides. Yeah. Yeah. It was necessary. The prepping for me is part of the ultra distance rating. Um, spreadsheets, obviously, yes. The, pre- the pre- But I um, I wanted, when I was preparing for this, knowing that it was going to take more than 72 hours, I knew how much, how many days that is and how much I'm asking from them. I really wanted to make them as comfortable, as happy <laughs> as they can be and just be ready for anything like, and you know, but what's already been said, you know, things can come up and it's not in our plan, but I'm, I'm one of those people, like I can plan something, uh, put it in a spreadsheet, but if, if it changes, it's okay. Because now I know there's a, there's a plan B, right? There's a plan C. Um, uh, so we, we had a lot of those. We had a lot of plan B, plan C, but they had some kind of, uh, backbone to look into like that time stamp, right? Like I kind of gave them a time stamp, like, oh, by 12 o'clock, this is where I'm going to be. So, you know, Kahlo needs to be arriving here at a certain time. I mean, there was like a detailed information of when people were going to be arriving. And, and so and it was very detailed because I wanted, I wanted what the crew to know what was in my head. Um, and I couldn't tell them that when I'm not with them. So to leave them with a piece of paper or some kind of a story, you know, it was really good to do that for them, to help them to be successful or for the whole, te- to, you know, for the whole group to be successful anyway. Um, as far as in just like the preparation, like, you know, I prepared, I told them I'm going to prepare for what I need, my food, my nutrition, my you know, my first aid kit, my foot stuff, you know, all the stuff I'm going to prepare, but I want you to prepare as if you're going on a camping trip or something like that. I think that's what I texted everybody. <laughs> um, but of course, along the way, you know, we needed to get extra band-aids, you know, Steve had to get, get extra, you know, extra stuff, you know, things like that happen. Um, but I felt pretty prepared. Um, I felt like we had everything that we needed there food wise, um, I mean, I cooked, I brought in meatballs, I brought in pasta, I brought in um, vegetables. I mean, I, I really prepared to where the crew didn't have to worry about me so much of what I wanted. It was already there. And um, that van was the best decision that you took for it. So good. Yeah, the van. We wanted to make sure that they're comfortable <laughs> because it was going to be three days. And that van helped us to, you know, help them to rest. It was cold that weekend, so they were warm, except Megan, because she was driving driving my car, and I have no heater. (laughs) 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 
my gosh. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, but, you know, they were able, we were able to sleep when I needed to go to sleep. You know, I was able to lay down, like really lay down horizontal, you know, put my feet up. Um, so, and it was just the perfect thing to have a van. And we were worried, obviously, if we were going to be going those back roads or we we're going to get stuck. Yeah. And, that's why, and that's why we had a backup car just in case. And, you know, Megan can tell you more about those sections where, you know, she's like, nope, I'm not going there. Um, but there are some sections where they couldn't get through to us. But either way, we had a nut, we had a plan to where we can meet, which is such a like a good communicating team. You know, we knew yep. exactly what we needed to do. So that's that's all from prepping. Yeah, there's almost like two sets of plans. There's like, you know, and again, Loveland had such a great detailed plan of attack for her race and kind of, you know, a guidebook by which we were to go by and pivot as needed and, you know, make the calls to the upcoming pacers, you know, hey, she's on track, she's not on track. Okay, instead of meeting here, meet us here. So she really laid it all out, and, and it was just up to Megan Rosa and I to kind of execute that plan, which kind of kind of made our you know lives easier in terms of well, here's here's the instruction book, you know, and and yep. we just got to follow it. Are, is it going to be to you know the exact time that she wants? Probably not. Are we going to have it all fall in place exactly the way, the way she wants? Probably not. But it was there, and it made it a lot easier for us to pivot when we needed to. Um, but then there was also the consideration, like Loveland was mentioning, well, the crew. we got to take care of ourselves, too. I mean, we're going to be out there for three days, you know, potentially longer. we got to eat. we got to try and rest. we got to be and, – and in some ways, and, and again, uh, this is not taking – you know, I mean, what Loveland did was by far the hardest <laughs> – way harder than anything we had to do uh but her her i don't want to call it simple but in some ways the goal is simple you just got to keep moving yeah. forward mm -hmm. one yeah. foot in front of the running. other the rest of us have to be concerned with directions yeah Are, is the car going to get stuck do we have enough propane left to cook you know her quesadillas and and okay, you know, all of these other things and what town are we coming into next? And, you know, is and who, who's going to be yep. where and when and all of this kind of <clears throat> stuff. What's the weather looking like? Uh, so there's just, you know, and again, for anybody that's crude, you kind of know, you kind of know that there's, there's, there's logistics. And then as you start getting tired, just like the, the runner does your, your mental, clarity starts to to lapse a little bit and then things become more difficult Absolutely. So, you know there was yes goal number one was taking care of loveland but then you know simultaneously, you need to be in a patient to take care of her it, mm -hmm. yeah and then simultaneously we had to take care of each other as the crew because if we're not functioning you know properly then you know we're right. not going to be as good or be what loveland needs us to be so but again yeah, and that van that we talked about, that was something we rented from a, a company here, uh, Indy Camper Vans, and that thing was, you know, that thing was fantastic. Cause so it, cool. It, and, and, Joe, you had you, you got to hang out in it there for a little bit, and uh, that thing was just the perfect little moving, station, whatever you want to call it, crew vehicle, cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, 
yeah, so that thing just made life much more comfortable for all of us as we move 200 miles across the state. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely wanted, I would definitely wanted them to have a good time, be be as restful, rested, and be, um, I don't know, just be in a good spirit because I knew that if they weren't that, I wasn't going to be in good spirit. So I wanted, I knew I wanted to take care of the crew as much as I wanted to take care of myself. Uh, I think it's a 50-50 thing. Um, I really believe that, you know, just from my past experience of, you know, the Keys 100 in the Forgotten Florida, crew makes makes it, like, that's what that's what makes it happen. I really think so. I, like, like Steve said, all I had to do was run, and that's the easiest part, and just, you know, find a map or, you know, stay in the map or whatever. Yeah, and I guess with that, and obviously before before we kick off with the race, I've got some requested questions for you. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is the classic age-old question to sleep. Did you really follow a sleep plan or did you, or did you kind of just adjust on the fly? Because I know with Mike and Matt, they just slept kind of wherever they needed to. As far as sleeping, I, I knew I was going to sleep at some point. It wasn't on – yeah, it was in my spreadsheet actually. Um, the certain miles of the day I wanted to tackle. First day I wanted to tackle like 70-something miles, 74-something miles, but – we didn't get to that day because of just the whole like, you know, we, we didn't we weren't going to find out if the place that we were going to park that night, if it was actually legal to park there or, or the cops were going to call it haul on us. So we had to cut our day short. So I knew I was going to sleep a couple of times. I didn't know how long. I didn't know how long, but I knew I wanted to rest. Um you know, there was a couple of times where I think when we, we actually went to that gate that was supposed to be closed and whatever, there's mile 160, I believe. You know, I just told Steve when we were going to the, um, to that, um, what is it called, Steve? The Bro? Rodman, Rodman, just past the Rodman Dam? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to close my eyes. I need to sleep for a couple of hours because I couldn't even lift my head and open my eyes without everything closing in. I just knew that I was really tired. It was like 22 hours. I haven't slept. So I need to close my eyes. And I did. I slept. I snored. They even told me I was snoring. So so that's how I. That's how they knew I was sleeping because I was actually snoring. Um, I think uh, that kind of like that visual that Steve told me was like, you can see me like, you know, when you see a battery like being charged, you can see it going up, you know, um, that's kind of like what happened because I woke up and I was ready to go. And then that was when the, the night of the crazy happened, which is pretty good <laughs> that I rested. <laughs> um, but yeah, I planned on sleeping. I really did. But I, I think the whole entire seven, you know, whatever, seven, six hours, I think I slept about six hours but it was incredible every single time that you saw loveland that it was taking a nap or or so it was like maybe an hour or two but mm -hmm. every single time that she slept something she woke up like perfect like yeah. i'm yeah. ready to go ready to roll with like good energy looks just like brand new again so yeah. every single time that she decided to sleep it was like okay so let's get out of out of the van and she would put like the norma tech um compression i don't know how do you call yes. it and she would put like earplugs and and just like done we could be inside the van or outside but she was like gone but for like <laughs> one or two hours and then she's like fully rested like okay let's go Who's, yeah. who's with me now? So she was like fully ready and it was incredible. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I, I didn't track it, but yeah, you, you didn't take do any like little short naps to my recollection. It was all, I think maybe you did like three, one and a half hour naps uh or you know maybe maybe your longest might have been close to two hours but yeah and then you had a couple that were just like an hour hour and a half but when you did go down you went you were out out. pretty cold which is great yeah i think we kind of joked I think the analogy was like, you know, it's like, like those video games, you know, when you, you, you got somebody that's just down all sorts of power and they've got to recharge or get more power. When, when she was sitting there snoring, I'm like, yeah, I can just see her like battery <laughs> Charging level, back power level is just increasing. <laughs> like, um, and sure enough, she'd pop up and she's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> no, it would be pushing you like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it hard to wake Loveland up or did she just get up on her own? You just no, said an alarm, she, I think. Yeah, yeah we I put think, an alarm. Yeah, I think I think alarm or we maybe kind of or we woke her up. But once yeah. once we once she kind of started waking up, she popped right up and yeah, I don't do the whole five more minutes. Like long time to wake up. Maybe like I don't know, a couple of minutes. But it's yeah. not that it's not like a kid. Yeah, she, she didn't push like us that. away. She knew it was time to get up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much sleep did you guys get out there? Good question. <laughs> Not, not well, time. I slept a lot. <laughs> okay, <you> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but once I was out, I was like, guys, I love you so much. But I can remember, I think that it was the last night. Yeah, I think that it was Sunday to Monday um, that we got to a parking lot. And, and I do remember that um, it was like, it wasn't the ideal for us to be part because it was far from the trail where Loughlin was going to be passing with it, the other Joseph. So Steve told, told us like, hey guys, we just park here, but we should like grab one of the cars and go meet her. And I just like sat down in the floor and almost cried. I was like, I need to sleep. I love you guys, but I'm not working and my brain is not working. I, I'm, I'm going to be useful if i sleep so I, I just like went to one of the cars and i was like no oh i'm out <laughs> i'm out <laughs> yeah we took turns but yes i slept a lot a lot of naps <laughs> it was hard to sleep admittedly because i wanted to make sure that loveland was okay you know you worry and especially that last night you know we can talk about it more through the lovely town of palatka i was just like i i need to be done but you just we need to get this sped up and moved along and just it's hard to sleep when your mind is going and crazy things are happening and you're worrying about people but yeah eventually you kind of shut down you're like okay i need to have some kind of sleep otherwise i'm not going to function yeah we forced steve to sleep yes he was was so in a like adrenaline rush and like active and like stress and like hyperactive in that state that he didn't realize how exhausted he was it, we we needed to sit down with him. Like we need you at your best. You need to sleep because yeah. <laughs> he was like, "I'm exhausted, but I cannot go to sleep." You need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to function for us. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, total hours. I don't know. I mean, I, I we probably got more than Loveland. Um, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know, we we definitely and maybe we just felt the you know to to what like Rosa was saying like you know the mental. The, the brain power needed to get through those days too. And, uh, uh, was definitely probably the most draining, at least for me. Um, but yeah, I actually had to, uh, 
zip out for a few hours and come back home to catch uh, my oldest had a, a, a play. And so I, I kind of <laughs> departed the whole race for a few hours. Um, and then while I was home, I, I managed to catch a, like a, a two hour power nap, which did wonders for me. Um, because I think Joe, I think you were actually on your way out there. Maybe you were already there. Mm-hmm. So there was a solid crew of people, you know, there was the crew, and then I think there was Kalo and Joe, yeah, Kalo and yourself, Joe, uh-huh. I believe, who were already out there. So I was like, okay, she's got enough people around her. You know, I I can turn off my brain for a couple hours and and my body and and catch a power nap, and then you know, joined you guys back out there right at sunrise where we got to see the bear. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought us McDonald's. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that I was talking to Steve, so I was one of the fuels that had um signal so he was like up and going like 4 a.m and i was like dude you need to sleep (laughs) so he was like checking on us like how are you guys doing no she's taking a nap and whenever Laughlin opened her eyes she's like steve promised me pancakes oh (laughs) i called steve and i was like did you promise her (laughs) he's like yeah i'm on my way i'll be there in 20 minutes (laughs) ready to fight him Yeah, and so that that second question was, and I think you kind of already mentioned it with the Normatech boots, what did you do for recovery during the 200? So I had, you know, it took like a couple of maybe after the 50 miles or maybe after the 60 miles to really get that like, you know, what am I going to do each time I see the crew so that I can recover, replenish, re-energize, whatever. I was really worried about my IT band um, because in the last couple of races before this 200, it was really bothering me. So I was trying to take care of it before the the 200. So, you know, just massaging, doing some stretching, doing some really hard work to make sure it's strong and it doesn't act up, right? Thing is with IT band, it can act up at any time. Um, And so... Every time I saw the um, the aid station, I had this like routine that I would massage and get like the massage gun and massage where my T band is, and then I would um, you know <sighs> lube up my feet <laughs> every single time, uh, you know, to make sure that I take care of my feet. That was something that was really important to me, really important for this race, by the way. Um, so that was one thing that I made sure that I took care of. So it was my feet, it was my IT band. Um, what else did I do, Rosa? There was a song that we created for this. <laughs> yeah. So we, every single time or before, whenever we get to a crew axis, we lay down the yoga mat for her with a massage gun. And Megan would bring like everything that is like food related, just like the, the band-aids that she uses and the Vaseline and, and all this stuff. Um, but it would take her like solid, like, I don't know, but maybe like 30 to 45 minutes because he was like stretching and maybe do some poses of yoga and then uses the massage gun and the massage ball and the, the foot sole. So that would take a couple of minutes, but you can see how that worked wonders on her. It did. Totally. Yeah. Her, her feet are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You would not yeah. know that she had run 200 miles. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
I literally have one teeny tiny blister where it, you know, I don't even know how it showed up, but it, it didn't bother me. But um, this is for as far as recovery. Yes. If I could wear that pants, you know, Kahlo was saying, hey, why, while you're taking a nap, why don't you wear that um, the, the pants? We call it the pants because it's yeah, like the air pants, <laughs> the <Yeah>. air pants. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, you know, it helped with the recovery and the blood flow. Um, and like I said, just making sure massaging my, I mean, there was a p one point, the other Joseph had to carry the massage gun with him because he knew, I mean, I knew that I was tightening up, yeah. especially during when it's cold. Uh, my, it just, everything tightens up when you're cold like that. And, um, and it was rainy. So I just like, I was massaging my, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> while, while I was running, you know, and it helped because um, I just knew that I couldn't go more than 15 miles without massaging, stretching, eating, um, lubing, lubing my feet. That was the, the key. So every time I see the crew, that was like my routine. They were, I mean, they knew exactly what to bring me. Like Rosa said was, give me the massage gun, give me the yoga mat, give me my food. Refuel, you know, refuel, my, refuel me, basically, um, you know, get my tailwind, put it in my bag, you know, let's go. So it was just, that's how I kind of recovered in every single, um, every aid station I try to recover, like getting yeah. energy. And, she would yeah. call us just like, I don't know, the, a mile out and she will say, I want this of food. I need mm -hmm. this from that. And once she gets there, I... I remember taking just like her best and just starting refilling. Lovely, at one mile was the last time that she was like, I, don't, I cannot handle tail, tailwind anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point, she's like, nope, no more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what mile was it, but she's like, from now on, it's going to be food. But she ate, I was impressed. She ate very mm -hmm. good. Very she well. did. Yep. She feel very well. Yeah, and so the third question, because apparently Mike and Matt kept count. Mm -hmm. How many number two stops did you end up taking out there? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I most of my number two was in either in a porta potty or like a trailhead bathroom. Um, so I was lucky for that, but there was uh, a couple. I think one with you, Joe. Maybe it But that was a long stretch. We were out there in the woods and it was in early in the morning and I'm pretty regular. I usually go in the morning. Um, so I did that and I think I did two in the wild and then probably like five in some of the yeah so i was pretty regular i did really well i'm, I'm so proud of myself that's something that i was like every time i went i was like yes <laughs> i did it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know how many matt how many times matt did but i think i did about seven, <laughs> seven oh the things ultra runners talk about <laughs> healthy poop <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> And so, all right, so this whole journey, obviously yeah. it begins on the west side of the state. You know, you follow that Withlacoochee Bay Trail, you go under a bridge, you hop a fence, and then you make that first cruise stop around, I think it's like eight and a half miles or something like that. Yeah. And you've got 12 more to go. How'd those early miles go? So I was with the crew. I told the crew, I was like, I want to run the first 20 miles by myself. Let me just get into my head, get into the rhythm. It's really slow for me to warm up. So mile eight, you know, I'm warm up and ready to go. Um, but the first eight miles, I think my first like hop on the fence, I almost missed it because I was like, 
oh, there's a fence here and there's a rock. It's a bunch of rock that you have to step on and then a fence. And it's in kind of like someone's backyard, you know, like those back roads. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to run on a road. Um, but then, you know, dogs started coming at me. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, cars, trucks passing by. Sometimes they would hit the brakes, you know, because I usually when a car passed by me, I would look to see what they do. And then they would hit the brakes a little bit thinking like, what the heck, what, you know, what is she doing? You know, I look pretty apart, like I'm wearing all this kind of weird gear. Um, and so I got, I got kind of scared um, because of the dogs, basically. And I had nothing on me. I had no weapon on me or anything. I had nothing except uh, that um, weapon that Megan gave me was like... Yeah. Pepper spray knife, knife, pepper yeah. spray knife. But I just knew that, you know, with running in roads like that, the more the more numbers safer, right? <clears throat> and so I I called the crew and I said, "Hey, I'm coming in. One of you has to come with me. It's either Steve or Rosa, and um, because I just don't feel safe back here. It's just very. It's not like it wasn't even a trail. It was well, road. Sketchy, sketchy yeah. area." Yeah, and so Rosa hopped on with me at eight mile, and then since then I just had a pacer with me. So that first, you know, the first twenty miles was definitely, you know, it was pretty because I had Rosa with me. But if I if I was if, if Rosa wasn't there, I think the whole time I would be like just have this fear in the back of my head, and it would totally throw my game off. Um, which I, what I wanted was to be in that mindset that like I can do this. And I wasn't getting that. I was more scared. And I didn't, you know, when you're scared, you start saying to yourself, you start doubting yourself. You start saying, like, can I do this? Right. So early on. Yeah. And so, so early on, I did not want that at all. So I just, I told Steve and Rosa, one of you has to come with me and then kind of switch off until we get our pacers, you know, the next days and so on. So they did. And it it really helped out. I am curious because... One thing that we noticed the first day, it was like at some point we read that this race was like 20% road, 80% trails. But that first day, Lovely and I, we ran like all roads, <laughs> all roads. And it was like no shoulder, just in front of cars. In some places, they were like very sketchy areas. Now I'm curious, like, could you say that it was 20 80 that, that ratio? Because it was a lot of road. A lot of roads. I can't even tell you the ratio now. I have to go back. But yeah, it was a lot of roads. Even to, to the end, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah, and especially, you know, 20 miles in, is it, is it hard not to think about the fact that you have 180 miles to go? You know, I did not think like that <laughs> at all. I I wanted to be, I wanted eight station at a time. First segments. Yeah, I, I did not think about 200 miles because I knew... When I even after hitting that 100, the ones we hit that 100 miles, and I think Joe, you were the one with me when that. No, 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 that was uh, Joseph, the other Joseph that was with me. It was at night, the middle of the night, and he was like, "You just hit 109." I was like, "Oh, really?" Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we just need to go. We just need to make sure we meet up with them the next time. I was like, "Okay." And like he was like he was like cheering me on. He was so proud. He's like, you just hit, you just passed a hundred. You know, this is gonna be a record for you, no matter what. And I I couldn't celebrate because I wasn't looking at that way. I was like, I just need to get to see the aid station or the next time we see our crew. That's all I need to do. And there's 17 of them, and we had how many pages? 17 pages. We ripped every single one every time. 
I met with them and then to the time to where it was only one more left and we dear were diary. Like, oh my god yeah yeah, yeah dear diary <laughs> she yes. would read like the instructions of the next segment and yeah and it was so funny how she just like can I have the page and then she reads like dear lovely in the next segment you will see or you will encounter yeah. it was i didn't think that way at all it, because if i knew you know you have that thing where he says you know being the mile that you're in blah 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 i mean that was constantly in my head because 200 is a lot 180 is a lot 100 miles a lot <laughs> you know it's it's I, i i couldn't think that way and i do remember that from the beacon to the garmin It was just like, um, I don't want to say delay, but it, w it wasn't just like the same amount of mileage. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it was hard for us because we would tell her like, she would see like, oh, I have, I don't know, 150 mile, miles. And we were like, yeah, but per race, you were like 142. Yeah. So it was <laughs> like a big gap. <laughs> yeah. All that extra dancing added up. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like, love when we were, we were. We were halfway through our section. I was like, oh, we're halfway there. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, you're lying, Joseph. He kept saying, we're almost there. Three more miles. I'm like, did you just say it was three miles? <laughs> Back there. Like, it was that stretch we do was for a long time. I think it was 14, 15 miles. But yeah. So, you know, obviously you're hitting different pillars of distances, and eventually you make it to that Santos campground. How are those miles coming into Santos? You know, I know Santos very well. I know that area. Uh, I've mountain biked there before, and I've, I've, um, I've hiked there before, too. So I know that area. And uh, it was funny because, there, you know, on the, on the instruction is saying, like, you know, stay on the uh, horse path or something. It's easier or, you know, because the Florida Trail is a little bit, like, up and down and it's harder and blah, blah, blah. So... Like I said, I love being on the trail. So me and Rosa, we were like, let's go on the trail. And it was beautiful. Right. Um, we really enjoyed it. Um, it's pretty technical. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, these people are never going to run a black bear. You know? Oh, no. Because <laughs> we then crossed into that road that it was like full of cars and going at oh, high God. speed. That was... Roughly. That was hard. That was really yeah. hard to draw. So, I mean, this, you know, it was definitely, that was uh, something that I knew that going through the uh, Santos area was like almost like a halfway point, you know, like you, it, you know where it is in the map of Florida. You knew exactly where you are, but you know you still have a long way to go. And then knowing the fact that I was approaching Palatka area, that kind of just like, oh, oh gosh, you know, we really got to buck buckle down. Um, but that area is beautiful. I loved it. Um, we really enjoyed it. It's almost like a blur because nothing really happened there except the fact that we just enjoyed being on the trail. Yeah, that was all on the first day. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was just the four of us. Yeah. We've already done so much and we're, we're still on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's kind of a blur, too, even for us. Just yeah, we're together. What day was it? And, yeah. and that first day, Joe, just uh, uh, so you know, like it, it was just the crew, you know, it was just Rosa, Megan and I and Loveland. And we were also her pacers that first day. So um, and it wasn't until, uh, you know, I guess well, noon or later in the no, afternoon. Wait, Carrie. Was that right? It was very early. 
Saturday. No, that was um, Lewis was the next day, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) But that first day, we were the only, correct me if I'm wrong, we were the only Pacers that day, right? And really, it was was Steve and Rosa who's paced her the whole time. I I mean, but you paced her at nighttime, and it was just the last portion. Yeah. yeah, through so St. and into uh, over the bridge, you know, over I-75, uh, I you know. Land bridge, yeah, the land bridge. Land bridge, but oh, uh, yeah. so we didn't have, you know, speaking from the crew, we didn't have kind of like relief from the pacing side until, you know, getting into later that, well, no, really getting into um, day it, two, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which we were happy to do, uh, right. but it was just uh, that first day was uh, tiring uh, a lot. Yeah, definitely got, double duty there. Yeah, there was there right. was double duty on the crew, but it was you know we're we're still figuring out what works for us, what works for Loveland, you know how to you know be cohesive the way we need to be, um, and and we got I think we figured it out pretty quick and got yeah, it we did. pretty yeah. quick, um, but. Uh, but yeah. but we were taking care of us too because the plan was like we had pacers until Sunday afternoon. Right. So uh, we started talking with all of you guys that were pacers and, and we were like, hey, is there any possibility that you can help us like after Sunday afternoon because we might need more pacers? And so we took the decision that we were going to rest for mm-hmm. running on saturday because on sunday until loveland is done we have to pace because we took like monday off work so we were like we are here until the very end so if we need to pace her for x amount of miles we need to but let's not like do double pacing or or taking care taking advantage of the pacers that are here not us yep yeah and i know your first planned sleep was at that just after 65 miles and i think that's around the eighth crew stop how are you feeling like did you really feel that you had to sleep or was like all right here's my sleep i really didn't want to sleep i was actually pretty pissed (laughs) (laughs) um and 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 megan saw that actually she saw that pissed loveland dude uh because i couldn't first i couldn't find them and then um and i was just mad that i was gonna go to bed and i had so much more to go i think i had another like 10 to 15 miles to go yeah. that i could do that night but because because the area that we were going to be ending we weren't so sure if we were able to park there without being like hey you guys need to move or a cop yeah. pulling us over yeah. you know steve and Ma- uh, megan and everybody made a decision you know um what do you want first they asked me like what do you want to do like i want to make sure that you're comfortable with your decision to stop now because that means you have to take on more mileage um tomorrow right because i have those mileage goals and so in my head i'm like shoot i have to do 85 the next day that's a lot in your head i'm like that's a lot <laughs> and but but i don't have to you know i don't have to but that was just part of my plan and and you know the crew kind of know know about this about me now like you know sometimes what's in my head you know i I need to say that out loud or vocalize it or else i'm going to get disappointed if it doesn't happen right because it's just in my head um so i really talked through you know i think it was steve that was pacing me and i was you know it was it was at night it was dark and so i was telling him steve here's what i want to do I want you to pace me through this five, six, six, six miles. Let's get it done fast. 
let's plan ahead and to go ahead and stop on the next one and sleep. Um, and then, you know, we can, since, since we're going to be sleeping, Megan can pace me on the last five and we can take our time, meaning we can just walk or run or whatever, you know, take our time. Um, so we can still sleep, get like at least three hours of sleep and wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and start really early versus six o'clock in the morning. So I, I said it out loud it happened. (laughs) And so, you know, I knew I was disappointed that I had to sleep, but we compromised based on what situation we were in. Um, I was pissed, absolutely. But because I wanted to get things done, but I knew I had to trust the crew on what was the best for me and also what's the best for them. Um, So that was something that, you know, I had to compromise in my head. So it was hard because I want to keep going. But it was not smart to do it. You know what I mean? Like I had to be smart about it. Yeah. There was no area to stop was the issue. It's like, since after that, there was like the side of the road and would that be safe for us? Yeah. So, so Joe, yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe one drawback of, of having the camper van or, you know, the crew. And again, I don't, I don't know exactly you know, who came along to help Mike and Matt when, but I, I think they were, uh, had, didn't have the, the crew vehicle set up that we had. And like you mentioned and listening to their podcast, I think they kind of just slept when they, they felt like sleeping and, and would just lay down on the ground or a bench or something like that. Whereas we kind of had the traveling, you know, uh, the traveling bed and, and sleeping quarters, if you will, that added a different set of logistics to the overall game plan. And so that definitely played a factor into that first night because it was like, based on your goal of whatever it was, 75 miles, that's going to be this particular, you know, aid station. But if we don't make it there before sunset, we're, we can't get in there with the vehicle and we would have to get out then we you know could we have improvised and figured it out some you know yes probably but it was kind of after talking with rosa and megan we're just like for safety reasons and this and that here's our suggestion and it's going to cut this day a little short but we're going to have secure safe place to sleep for however long we need to and then up to you on whether or not we just want to start it earlier that day and and then just like loveland said she kind of talked it out and said it out loud and and understandably so you know was pissed that that you know wasn't falling into place the way it went according to the spreadsheet but that was one of those kind of interesting dynamics that we had to kind of figure out on the fly and then present to, to Loveland almost and say, Hey, we let Steve do the presenting. Which yeah. <laughs> Here's where our head's at. We're going to go with whatever you still want to do, but this is, this is kind of what we're seeing and what we're suggesting. Um, but we're still up for improvising, you know, however we need to. So, but I think that it was wonders because that day was like the longest nap that she took. Yeah, that first night. Yep. Maybe yeah. it was like three hours and a half. But that was, if you put it in comparison to the whole weekend, Yeah, I think that that was the longest that she slept, like continuously. Yeah, yep. yeah I mean, I and and to be to be fair, I was pissed, but I wasn't I wasn't showing any kind of emotion. 
no, no, yeah. yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. No, it was more like uh, I think Megan saw it more when I couldn't find. I was more <laughs> frustrated um, to, towards the end because she knew. But I, uh, but I think you know that was something that I knew. Um, I really relied and trusted, and I mean, during that time is when I I knew that I needed to trust the crew. Um, I ha- and I'm one of those people that I have something planned. I want to make sure it goes through, um, but I have to give 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 up my. It's almost like giving up your like. Okay, I'm. I believe in everything you guys are saying. Let's just go with it. I had to give give that up. Like I'm just gonna release it. You know, you guys have all the control. I trust you all. I think that was the moment in time that I did that when I vocalized what we were gonna do, and that that really set me up to like when I woke up, I wasn't like. Oh, I'm gonna have to do 85 today. Like, no, we don't have to do 85 today, Levin. You can just do 70 if you wanted to, you know. Um, um, so it was like one of those things. Like, I just had to let it go and let it be. Um, so that helped. I don't know if if I don't know if my brain would have switched that quickly if it didn't happen on the first day. Um, so it was really good. It was everything happened for a reason, and I'm glad that happened for a reason. Yeah, and with that, obviously moving past mile 65, you eventually make it to the 100-mile mark, which, you know, Joseph Greenslade had to announce to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what how, What were those clay roads like? How'd those miles go? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, the clay. <laughs> wow, I never want to see a clay road again. I mean, you heard me say it. When, I, when you saw me, Joe, you saw me, I was like, what did I say? Say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like protesting here that the clay road, the clay loop in Claremont, Claremont are being paved, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, can, you know, don't pave it because we love running into it. And I went, I got out of that pave, I mean, that clay area, I was like, pave that shit. I don't ever want to <laughs> see it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was some serious sugar sin nonstop. Yes. yes, it was, it was me, it was Carlo that paced me, it was Joseph that paced me and then joseph paced me again through uh the florida trail when we finally got to the florida trail i was like thank god we're out of the clay loop i mean clay road um but then we weren't with the vans and cars yeah yeah like while you were on the clay segment it was cold it was raining Mm-hmm. It and was sugar sand. Yeah, and it was dark, and then there were yeah. people that were still hunting during yes. that time. Oh, yeah. Yes, so, so many. Um, so there's so many people using their dogs. So they're dog hunting. So they have their hounds. I don't know what kind of dogs they have out there, but you can hear them. You know, trucks and cars are passing so us by. Yep. They were cheering us on. They were asking us what we were doing, um, <laughs> you know, because they just kept seeing us. And we would not, we, it's like forever. The, the road just was forever. And uh, I was worried about the dogs, you know, as far as in like coming at us, but I never really see them. I just, I just heard them out there. Um, but yeah, that, that clay, like the roll, it's like rolling hills. It was up and down. It was forever. I couldn't see what's behind that hill. It was just clay after clay after clay. I hated that. Part. It was like 20 miles, right? Yeah. 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 Long segment. Yeah. <laughs> very long segment. Now, some people could say that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder right right i did not see that as a beautiful at all and then being in that 100 with joseph when we were on the florida trail it was really pretty um it rained you know i just we just kept going he kept me he pushed me i mean he really did pull me he was a 
he was the ultimate pacer during that time because he just whatever pace he was doing was trying to catch up the whole time because he was he was going and we didn't talk at all like we just we just knew we wanted to get to the aid station which one of the aid station the crew couldn't get to me because it was so sandy but you know what we just knew that they weren't coming so we just kept going um yeah yeah the first time that the van got stuck it oh. was so we had our van laughlin's car and the pacer that was at the time car so it was convenient that for the crew we were three because we always were driving so at the time we had like two subarus that they were fine off-roading but we had the van and it was like was not two, fine. two cars and we were just like watching megan just like choking <laughs> their tires and we were like oh no oh gosh well it was nice though too because where we were there were tons of like jeeps and atv so a jeep saw that i got stuck and it had turned around it was gonna help me but then i finally got it unstuck but i was like thank yeah. god those people were out there yeah. i don't know if she was screaming inside the van but she handled it like <laughs> <laughs> i would be crying i was sweet talking that van i was like come on baby you can get out of here <laughs> so I then yeah that's the best the way to get out <laughs> and then we we had to go again to the that clay segment but nighttime and she made the call. She was like, no, I'm not going. So we went I with one it. of the cars. I Even the car was struggling. So it was like, mm -mm. text yeah. laughing. We cannot get to her. Well, yeah. we didn't. We felt bad. We couldn't, but <laughs> we didn't <laughs> want to get stuck. That's the thing. That was our, that was our, yeah. our moving hotel room, if you will. Like if we got stuck, that would have been horrible. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And that was a good call on you guys. Um, but I was, I was pissed when you guys weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but you know, this was an extra, right? This wasn't a crew access. This was yeah. a we, extra. yeah. We were trying to meet like a halfway mm -hmm. thing. Like there was a yeah. cut in the it road. Was a big segment from it. Yeah. And my IT band was acting up during that time, and the the blessing was somebody told Joseph, "Hey, why don't you carry this uh, massage gun just in case?" Loveland's IT band yeah. acting up, and yeah, I actually did need it, and that's we stopped for like two minutes massage me and i was and then we kept going and then we, then that's when we met the crew again so oh my god and that was the point so loveling was carrying these garmin device oh, yeah. just for emergency just in case if she didn't have any signal and she could text but it was just our backup plan was like you are using that just in case of an emergency that your phone doesn't work so it, ha it that was just like after we could meet we couldn't meet her, so she didn't know if we could access the next crew it's a area. So she sent a text message that it was like, hey, can you meet me? I don't know, something like that. Yeah, Joseph, can you get to me? Can it you sounds like an emergency. We can both have eight kids stations and started walking towards her. But that, that was you was, and Joe, right? Yeah, you and Joe. Yeah, well, yeah that was just, just around like mile 135 because uh, Loveland, you're being paced by Kalo. Yeah. And what What is that Garmin thing? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, it's uh, the Garmin InReach Mini. So I had that, and I was like, well, here, just carry this. I mean, this this will track you as well. And if you're familiar with it, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of, like, through hikers or, you know, section hikers on the AT or Florida Trail or and, and ultra runners, for that matter, carry it. And it's, it's um you know, it's limited in, you know, it's not like a directional to use for directions per se, although it can kind of help you with that. But I think 
the main thing is it's like SOS feature. Okay. Um, whether you're hurt or whatever, it can alert, you know, emergency response, or you can send text messages and it's not off of a cell tower. It's all through GPS. So, you know, prior to her starting, you know, we set it up and had myself and I think Megan, you were on that yeah. thread, you know, like if you need something and you don't have cell service, as we've often, you know, have all found to be the case when we're out running deep in the woods, you know, there's a lot of time when we don't have cell service. I'm like, this is backup. You know, if you need to get a hold of us, emergency or otherwise, you can text on that device. And so, and this was actually when I came home um, to, you know, go to the play and was getting up from my power nap. And I think you had texted maybe around four or five in the morning or it was four, it was around four, around four. Yeah. like, Hey, where are you? Can you, or can you get to us? Can you get to us? Yeah. And, and you can't really type big messages. There's not no. a keypad. You kind of have to just sit there and scroll and punch in letters. So your texts are short. So it's like, can you get to us? I'm like, I don't know if they're in trouble, right. <laughs> lost or whatever. I, I could tell by looking at the Garmin tracking and then looking at the beacon, the Strava beacon, that they were still on course and they were pretty close to the next mm-hmm. aid station. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Loveland, you guys thought you were at the yeah. aid station right. because yeah. it, it looked very similar. It was a, it, you were on a, on a sports a service road. Yeah. Just like where the actual aid station was, but you were just maybe a mile, a mile short yeah. of that aid station. So yeah. I think Loveland was under the impression that she made it there, but the crew was not there. So where are we? Yeah, so, and that was a that was a long that was a long stretch with Callo because I mean it was it was like three o'clock. I mean, between the hours of time that we should be sleeping, our my body was like yeah. done. I was, my mind was done. Kahlo was falling asleep. I, I had to ask him to like, let's run because I knew that yeah. would wake him up. Um, so when we got to that cross section of the road service and I said, and he said they should be here because it was at mile nine something, right? Based on the paper that we've been following, based on the, you know, it was very exact. So I was like, okay, well, they should be here. And I just remember dropping to my knees and I was like, the next aid station is 14 miles. And I, if they can't get through us to here and we have no signal, they probably can't tell us that they can't get. That, that, was, that, that was the one thing that on my mind, like they can't get to us. The next aid station is 14 miles. There's nothing we can do. There's no other roads and we have no signal. Right. Um, and, and then, so yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. guys didn't have signal. And then I, I think maybe Rosa, you were the only one that had signal. At the yeah, I had no station. signal out there. My number wasn't there. So Megan, didn't receive the text message. Steve got it and he yeah. called me. And then that was when Joseph and I just like went walking towards them. Um, Paul were walking towards them, but we were in just alert mode. It was just like because we didn't know if she was hurt. Yeah, we so thought something was wrong. We grabbed like I don't know, like band aids and stuff, yeah. and just like our lanterns. But I was just like ready to. 
I don't know. She twisted an ankle. We're gonna carry her. How I, I was just like thinking, right? I was just like overthinking how to troubleshoot any situation. When we saw them that they were fine, we were like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're like two miles from the Kuwait station. Let's walk. <laughs> but we didn't know. We we right. really thought that you guys were. Yeah, there. and you guys were very close. We were we were in a panic mode actually because even when I like just went down on my knee, I was like, We have no service. Carla was trying to like get a service and then I realized I said, Oh, wait a second, I have the Garmin. Like it actually like suddenly I remember about it. And so I said, We can send a message to them to see if they can access us or not. Like what is that what's going on? But as Steve was saying, you know, typing is really minimal. You have to scroll up and down like you know, every single word took like a few minutes for me. It sound it seemed like it to type it up. Even I, I even turned to Kahlo like multiple times and said, "What should I write? Like, what should I say? Like, without alarming them, what should I say?" Well, um, I do remember that after that, after just like the stressful situation passed, I remember sitting down next to Lovely and I was like, first, I'm so glad you're okay. Second, we know that it works." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have like cue words because this yeah. is stress that we don't need <laughs> true and i said you know what you're right i should have said we're okay but can you reach to us <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but i'm telling you like there were no words coming out of my mind or my right. mouth yeah. hello we were just so like one that's mile 135 right like in the middle of the like yeah, not even yeah. the middle of the night towards yeah. the morning your brain is just not working so i feel like sometimes people get lost in the woods yeah. because of those scenarios you're just like I don't know what to do. Like you don't even. I'm. I'm pretty. I feel like I'm a pretty smart person. You know. Like Kalo is pretty smart. We should know what to say. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> we I didn't mean, know what to say. But <laughs> it was a stressful situation. Well, Joseph, you can tell us too because you were there. Oh, I mean, I grabbed like lidocaine. I grabbed like <laughs> lidocaine. Hot <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> dogs. <gone. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was ready to put your knee back together or something here. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. <laughs> but yeah, finally you make it to that aid station in Loveland. This is kind of the point where we took off running because I know that, you know, Megan and Rosa probably want to, you know, they probably wanted a break from me. Yeah. Oh, it's a time with you. <laughs> you, you, even got a nice, you even got a nice little nap on Rosa's. Oh, I yeah. did, yep. <laughs> I was so foggy and you were like, oh, I too can nap using your, I don't remember. I was like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying? <laughs> all the beds were taken. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just sleep on the floor. Then my, you know, my neck started hurting. I'm like, all right, I need a pillow. Okay, that boot will do. <laughs> I'm glad you got a nap. Yeah, because you waited. You were supposed to be there. You were supposed to start pacing me at one o'clock. You had to wait for me to wake up the next day to pace me, and because we didn't arrive until like four something, right? So. And it, it, for a couple of hours, an hour and a half, I took a nap, and then we woke up, and that's when we got the pancakes from Steve and, <laughs> and the bear. Sighting. <laughs> and the bear. Oh, that bear was awesome. That was my first Florida <laughs> bear sighting. Can't believe that. <laughs> I know, me too. I would have thought you would have seen one already. And obviously, let's talk about our little, on paper, 14 miles, but it's really closer to 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what for, like, what, two, four miles? We, we were following bear tracks, like a mama yes. bear and a baby bear. <laughs> yeah, some of them were coming towards us. Some of them oh, were going <laughs> away from us. 
we, would, we didn't know we were following them or that, you know, every corner we would be like, oh, maybe they're just around the corner, right? And then we would hear gunshot, you know, because it's hunting season. I mean, we were wearing bright orange stuff. I mean, you look like, I don't know. <laughs> <The construction worker. laughs> you were definitely ready to be like not shot, you know, get, get shot at because you were bright and orange and yellow and which is great. Um, yeah, because this section, like, obviously, this is a section that, you know, takes us out of the Ocala National Forest. So we're just heading up, like, I think north or whatever. But that was a really pretty section, that area that you and I ran into. But tell you what, um, I was really tight. Like, my legs were tightened up that time. I was, I was like, telling you, right? Like, as we were, like, trying to run, I'm like, I'm trying to run, but I can't. <laughs> like, my mind wants to go, but my legs is just not moving so that 15 miles, you and I were just slow. I knew we, I mean, I felt bad that it was slow for you. And I knew that, but you know, I knew you wanted to go and I wanted to go. Um, but it took us forever to, to get to the next aid station for sure. Almost like a half day there. And um, the good thing is you had the hot dogs because, <laughs> man, I got desperate because I didn't bring anything really solid with me. <laughs> and, I mean, we stopped, and I was like, and you're like, I'm like, hey, Joe, can I get one of those hot dogs? <laughs> and I, I am now forever sold and hooked, and next time you see me at a race, I will have a hot dog. <laughs> um, that was really good. Um 99 cents, right? Or dollar nine cents? I don't know. It's a dollar 29 now. And that brought me to life. I mean, honestly, you know, just to change the, the mindset of going and going and then to thinking about like, wow, it's a hot dog and I can't believe I'm eating a raw hot dog. And, <laughs> you know, it's it was just one of those change in, you know, in the mood. Um, but I really appreciate and gotten to know you and kind of know your story a little bit. So that was really good. That was really good stuff. Yeah. And look, because you kept telling me that you were tired and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, so she needs her nutrition. Could mm -hmm. be in trouble here because I mean she just slept for two hours. Yeah, I know the mileage, but that's a given. So that's why I was like, okay, she needs she needs that fat and salt from the hot dog. <laughs> so whether you wanted it or not, I was gonna always try to tempt you to eat it. <laughs> I just I'm didn't want to tell you, hey, your nutrition's like lacking right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and you were absolutely right. I was getting that like that. The lethargic, the fatigue, you know, just you just haven't eaten anything. So you're just tired. You got more tired. So I didn't, I knew that if I was going to be that deficit, I was going to be really hard to catch up. Right. Um, so it was a good idea to get that hot dog. And yeah, and it just took forever. That last four miles, man, it took like we were, we were on that trail forever. I know Steve and, and Carrie met us up and I was like, and they're like, hey, she's around the corner. I'm like, you just told me it was around the corner like two minutes ago. And it kept going, you know? I mean, that section was cool because you had all those like yeah. sideways trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we heard trees that were like, we thought we were it was going to fall, you know, like it was kind of windy that morning and we would stop sometimes. You would hear the, the tree like creaking. Like it was, you know, like you just hear it and you're like, wow, is the tree going to fall or not? Um, it was, it was kind of neat. That section was really pretty, actually. It was just hard to appreciate it when you're tired. <laughs> then, then we had the, uh, the runner's high, that car that came by smoking all that reefer. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. They were out there for sure. And we're like, wow, this is the real runner's high. <laughs> um, yeah. And they didn't even stop. They just kept going. 
<laughs> and then after my section, you know, we finally make it to the 88 store. And, and this is like the classic backwoods, you know, out there yonder type of place where it's like a it's like a convenience store. But like they have the shelves and then the, and then it's all open because the bar wraps around and there's pool tables and these guys are sipping beers while there's a store right there. They, you know, the cigarettes are smoking. Like this 88 store is like a just a classic place on this course. And then you finally get to kick, you know, kick your feet up, watch some soccer. <laughs> yep. And somebody texted you that Fra- the French, uh, the France were losing. And I was like, dang it. I was, and you told me, they're like, oh, you know, going, you said something about like, oh, it's downhill from now. And like, yeah, for France, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I was pulling the results up and then all of a sudden you're like, you were pissed. So you started running. (laughs) (laughs) We feel you. (laughs) I'm like, oh crap, we just hit a 10 minute mile. (laughs) I was like, I need to see this. I need to see this. And, um, yeah, I got to got my feet up. Um, got to use a real bathroom. I did number two there in '88. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it was a really nice one. They had a fire uh, fireplace. Um, Steve, you know, really appreciated that place. So showed me a little bit around, and um, yeah, it was kind of cool to cross that path. You know, I've never. I mean, I would probably never cr- go to that store unless I'm hiking through the Florida Trail or something. So it was kind of neat to to stop there. I got to watch the game for a little bit. Um, got some food on me and met up with Carrie, who kind of, you know, pushed me or pulled me through the next another 15 miles or 14 miles. And I just remember um, Steve was talking to me and kind of talking me through, first of all, talking me through about France. Losing, <laughs> losing, <laughs> and then, um, and then talking me through that the next, you know, leg is going to be harder because it's another fourteen miles, right? And the next, that's when I'm going to see them again. But on that side, that I'm, I'm going to be able to rest. That's when I'm actually going to be able to rest again. So, knowing the fact that you and I, Joe, just did fourteen miles or fifteen miles, and it took us long. And how tired I was, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Like, my spirit was really down. Um, and then when he, I heard him say something to Ron, because I think you, you and Ro- uh, Steve, you and Rosa were on the phone with Ron making sure that I can get to the gate and that it's open. Right. Um, and I want, I was really adamant. I think I was really adamant that you guys talked to Ron because by the time I know I get to that section, it was going to be dark and I'm going to be really tired and you guys are going to be really tired. You wanted the code right then and there. I wanted the yep. code right there and I wanted, I was like, I, I need, before I leave, I want to make sure you guys have the code and i was really adamant about it and we had it um, which is funny because he ended up opening all the gates up anyway for us when he was with us. yeah and um so I'm, I'm glad that happened and then um and then you know i heard steve something like well what time do you think loveland will get there or something or rosa asked me where somebody said and then Steve was saying like, I don't know, between six and eight hours. And I'm like, what? I'm "I'm not going to run for that long. And so in my mind, that really like pushed me. I'm going to get this done in four hours. (laughs) Hold my beer. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And so I told, I told um, Carrie, Carrie, I said, I'm going to run, you know, that, you know, 0.75 walk 0.25. 
So 0.75 run, 0.25 walk. And that's what I did. And that's what I did the whole entire time when we were doing the, the you know, the 15 miles or whatever mileage it was. And um, halfway point when it was seven miles, uh, I was just really surprised how fast we were moving. And in my phone, you know, when you can see the, you know, the, you know how many miles left to the next station, it was counting down and I was really see, I was like really happy how fast we were moving to it. So that motivated me to say like, I'm not staying here for another eight hours. I'm moving. That's the, po the power of negative reinforcement. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a really cool section. You, you know, you got the Rodman dam and then that the, was beautiful over there. Yeah. Then the Buckman block with the, you know, the secret combo. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, we did, all did number two in that area. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> we all did. We all did. Yeah, we all did. did. <laughs> and it was a very things. open area, too. How many bushes to hide Oh, behind? yes. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jordan was with us at the time. That was so funny. Yeah. So many cool pacers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so after this point... Yo, tell me about Palatka. What the heck <laughs> happened in Palatka? No Palatka. <laughs> um, you know, I was I woke up, I did what, a three two hour nap there? That's yeah. when I was yeah, really maybe. snoring. That's when I was really tired because after we got out of that section where my everything was closing in, I closed my eyes, took a nap, woke up. Jordan was going to be pacing me. It was really cold that night. Um, mm -hmm. I wore pants. I wore gray pants or greenish gray pants. I wore my gray hoodie, <laughs> um, and I think um, Jordan was wearing the same thing. We were we didn't know what I didn't know what the map looked like, right? I was just everybody was telling me just be glad you're out of the woods. You're out of the woods. This is all going to be roads from here on. And I'm like, yay, right? Because I've been on the trail for the whole day. Um, yeah, take that shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally what I said. I'm like, cut all those trees down and paint them. <laughs> but once I got to the paved road, I was like, man. And I really miss being out in the woods because really you only have to worry about animals and not humans. And so Cars and stuff. Uh, that's what we had to run into was human beings. And um, and I don't know, Steve, if you want to tell that story, but, you know, I just all I knew Jordan and I were going to be going to this one section uh, where we turn into a street and then we saw our crew coming back out. And, you know, Steve, you say it, you tell them. Well, yeah, so uh, leaving that last aid station, you know, looking ahead, we knew that going through that next few miles, she had to go through kind of off the main road, which makes sense for the race, but then it goes through some just kind of some backwoods neighborhoods that it was just like, well, why don't we for at least – the next five miles instead of just going all the way up ahead whatever it was eight nine miles to the next aid station let's just kind of roll up the road like every two miles for safety for safety yeah, yeah, like just kind of, kind of a yeah. safety it's dark you know whether it's dogs or people let's just kind of maybe be close uh, so you know i think our heart was in the right place but then as soon as we got the van going down the road, it was kind of twofold. I stopped because it like looked like a lot of soft sand ahead. And I'm like, we're going to get stuck. Let's just, let's just get up to the next aid station. And then we can shuttle back with one of the Subarus if we need to. Um, but while we were going down that road, you know, of course, I stopped to turn around. And we kind of 
we have a quick little crew meeting and you know the lights of the cars and us getting out of the car with our headlamps shining on a couple you know in the middle of the night homes back there i think well don't think now but you know it drew the attention of the locals like who's out here in the middle of the night you know doing whatever and as we're turning around and getting our plan in place for, for like, okay, should we go to the next aid station or sh where should we park? Love, I, I noticed on the beacon that they're no that they're no longer coming towards us. They turned around, Loveland yeah. and Jordan. Like, yeah. Oh, what's going on? And I can't remember if you texted right at that moment or called. I, call us. I called. I called. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, hey, we just had a shotgun pulled on us. We're yeah. going back to the main road. I'm well, like, okay. It's the road that we couldn't find on the map. Like, it kept telling us we're going the right way. And then once we started going the right way, we kept going the wrong way. You know, whatever. The beacon. So we were going back and forth at this intersection. It was almost like um, a three-way road, right? Um, and then I remember on my notes, because I remember I always read the notes before I head out. Like, well, then this is what you're going to go through. And so I remember Mike saying, Michael saying, like, this is, like, really... Um, overgrown it can be wet we couldn't find a road i just remember bob and them saying this on the messages that we were on so i knew it was going to be difficult to find so when we finally were going to the right way that's when the guy came out and pulled a shotgun on us <laughs> and said what are you guys doing out here i'm about to shoot you and i was like oh my god <laughs> holy shit and so i i just remember and jordan man jordan was saying <laughs> i'm laughing now but it wasn't funny back then <laughs> but he said we're running a race, like yelling it out loud. <laughs> we're running a race and we're trying to find a road. And I just remember like hitting him and saying, they don't give a fuck about that right now. <laughs> I was like, shut up. Don't say anything. All I said was like, we're leaving. We're getting out of here. I just remember yelling, thank you, sir. We're leaving. We're heading out. We just kept, we just walk as fast as we can and head out back to where we came from. Out of, I knew how to get out of there and get back to the Florida 19 or FL 19. And that's when Steven then saw us like turning around. Because at first there was another, another guy that was like, hey, are you guys okay? Like, are you lost? Like, what are you guys doing here? And then another house opened up and that's when the guy pulled a shotgun on us. And I said, hell no, I'm not going back there. <laughs> And so whenever I called the team, I said, hey, meet us, whatever, on the, I don't know, we're, we're getting out of here. I don't remember what I said, but I just remember going on the road, like me and uh, Jordan. This is before meeting up with the team and seeing them. Um, oh, I called Megan. I said, Megan, you know, I, I remember seeing Megan somewhere. I said, Megan, make sure you touch base with Steve. I remember saying that to you with Megan. I think I, did, I said that. Yeah, because, well, I, what happened was is we parked somewhere else. And yeah. I took your car back to see if I could find you guys. And yeah. be like, oh, you can go down this road instead. But of course, I happened to pass the same area. A white truck followed me out. And that's yeah. when I saw you on the road. And then when I, you said that to me, and then I pulled up to where they were. And then the white truck came up behind us and started talking to Steve. I don't even yeah. remember what he said to you, Steve. But And then that's when all the cops came. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, before the cops came, you know, uh, Jordan and I were running on the road. And I said, and I just kept seeing cops passing by us. I mean, they, were, they didn't have their lights on. I just could tell they're cops, right? And I, I told Jordan, I said, Jordan, they're going to pull us over. They're going to pull us over. And I just know they're going to pull us over. And he's like, why? Why do you think so? I'm like, I just know because I just saw 10 cops pass by. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. Either. Got, there are a lot of cops. Yeah, I had the same feeling too because they're, so we were planning where to stop to meet them around the main street. And I 
Megan and Steve were talking to each other and I kept seeing like on my rare mirror, mirror, no, like pickups that they were like the same cars like going yep. over and over again because it was like a lot of neighbors that they were like just like watching and I saw one of the cops that they were passing towards us and I called Steve and I was like, we need to move because we're in the middle of the lane and I just saw a cop and then it was like in the middle of like 20 seconds, like I don't know how many cops were there. Ten, eight. There was yeah. a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and luckily enough, as soon as they pulled us over, that's when I saw the crew in the intersection of a street, and so we just pulled over with them and kind of hop over the road. Um, but even Jordan was like, "I have a weapon. What should I do with my weapon?" And I'm like, "We just tell them the truth. We're running." Um, and so you know, I knew we were gonna pull over, and it just and then they did, and so you know, we were outside, and the crew were together. Was very was nice, outside. though. Yeah, they were so nice. <laughs> and Steve, you know, said something, and I don't know if you want to mention it, Steve, about like you're kind of glad that they called it in. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it just, you know, in some ways, you know, a afterwards it's like, okay, well, now the police know we're here and what we're doing, <laughs> you know, in a way, and, you know, I'm like, I'm glad they know we're out here. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I even told them, hey, here's where we're going tonight and further down the road and, you know, just FYI. Um, I think that's what I was maybe getting at. I mean, it didn't it didn't uh, reduce uh, later later episodes <laughs> after that. But uh, I mean, but the cops were like they were very nice, just like oh, yeah. questioning, like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah. I do remember that it was there's there was even a female cop, and she was like, "You call girl, I'm yep. so excited for you." God, they were like, I mean, we came here because there were so many calls. Yeah. about they someone we were that it was they running we were in like a van and two other cars so yeah. we so came this here time because, they thought we were yeah. you know, trying to scout out houses to and they're it's, like well it's palaka we're not surprised yeah they're like what are you doing in putnam county and like we don't know <laughs> yeah and, and the crew tried to put me back on the, the map as far as in the the trail but i told them i said you Hell no. Yeah, I am not having it. I am sticking to the Florida 19 main highway. I mean, it was definitely running on shoulders, like small shoulder. Me and Jordan did that. And middle of the night, cars are coming. You know, they don't know what the hell is happening. But it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good, bit, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous road to me. It's not like back roads, you know. And No, it's a main street. Yeah, it's a, it's so I, I was happy to run in that road versus going on the whatever back road that they wanted us to do. But I told Ron, I'm like, I mean, in my head, I'm like, I'm just gonna tell Ron, I'm like, I'm not I, if you disqualified me because of that. <laughs> taking a, you know, I wasn't taking a shortcut. I actually added more miles on my, you know, my the race, but I wasn't gonna risk my life and then of course Jordan's life and anybody else's life that were gonna be part of that race. So I wasn't, I wasn't gonna do that. Which I think Ron has now mit worked to mitigate this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We did tell him if he can. Because, you know, everybody's experience is going to be different. We don't know when you're going to be there. At, if right. it's going to be at night or you're going to be during the day. I mean, Mike and Matt would have been there maybe during the day. And nobody knew. Nobody cared. You know, like nobody saw any lights. But I understand the people's concern, the people that were living there, the people that pulled a shotgun, you know, I understand that, you know, who are these people driving right. around and with lights, you know, they don't know what was I mean, going on. I mean, the, the, it's not the same whenever it's just like two runners, 
a, a big crew. We were a big crew. Yeah, we yeah. had three vehicles. Those things, three big vehicles yeah. out there, yeah. shining lights. Like, what are these people doing? Yeah. So it's it's definitely a. Con- I mean, I understand the neighbor's concern or the people's concern, but I wouldn't I wouldn't risk it if I was Ron. You know, like doesn't matter if it's a small crew or I mean, who who knows what those people can right. do. So I think he is. Uh, he did reroute it and then put it more in the Florida 19 road. So now you get the adrenaline rush of well, all I that used it. Yes. I used it. Not yet. I used that thing. I ran. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do remember I kept telling Jordan and Lovely, you need to eat, you need to take care of yourself, and you need to slow down because you are running on that rush, and then you're going to crash because it's going to be like, oh, hype, 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 and then it's going to be like, oh, I have no energy. So I was like, that was a trauma, but take it easy because they were like, let's go, let's go. Yeah, I just want to get out of there. <laughs> I wanted to get out of there, and then when we got out of there, that's when we heard something about what happened to the next aid station, which is the riverfront, where we decided to meet the crew and stay in Palatka. Yeah, we still we when they when I got there, they just told me to get in the van. I'm like, why? I was like, why the hell do you want me to get in the van? <laughs> and um, and then they told me. So you guys can tell that story because I wasn't there. Steve, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Sure. Yeah, so so we're all set up by the riverfront, you know, just kind of doing what we've normally done, waiting on her to come in. And and it's, this is, I guess, what would be considered downtown Palatka. Um, and, you know, look fine, riverfront park. Um, what time is it now? Like 1 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. 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 the 2 o'clock, like yeah. And, and this is on Sunday night. Yep. So 1 a.m. on a Sunday night or, you know, Monday morning. You know, um, all of a sudden this big, you know, like Bronco, you know, four-wheeler, you know, big big truck comes tearing through the parking lot and just starts doing circles real loud, squealing out right around our camper and started yelling something. I don't even know what they were yelling. Yeah, I don't remember. They had beer. I remember yeah. doing that. <laughs> so, you they know. They look like drunk teenagers. Yeah, my, yeah, probably drunk teenagers. And, you know, then they wheeled off, but then they kept coming back. And, and I was finally like. Terrorizing. You know, yeah, let's, let's call 911. You know, I don't know. You know, again, our and our fatigue and mental clarity, you know, is definitely – you know, we're, de- we're definitely fatigued just from the whole weekend and the, you know, kind of stressed from the earlier incident in the night. And all of a sudden now we got this on top of it. And, you know, and we're like, gee, you got to be kidding me. And so, you know, this time we're, we placed the 911 call just like, I don't know. It's probably just teenagers, but we don't want to freaking right. you know, Risk it. blow this thing up yeah. right now. Um, and this is all before Loveland and Jordan, you know, came in. You know, then the four-wheeler, you know, or the truck drives off. Cops come, you know, 10 minutes later, maybe. And uh, so we just kind of have another nice placa conversation, you know, <laughs> with the officers. Again, different ones this time. And, but they knew about us already. Yeah. And I'm saying, you know, did, have you heard that, you know, what's going on? Did anybody tell you that we might be here? Like, oh, yeah, we heard about the earlier incident. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, long story short, you know, uh, Loveland and Jordan come in while we're talking to the, the officers and like, just get in and, and uh, you know, do your thing, get fueled up, you know, take care of your feet, all that stuff. And then. So get out. <laughs> yeah. And Rose and I kind of talked, talked to the officers and they ended up, you know, driving 
driving off looking for the guys that were doing it. Actually, I think we saw them drive by, you know, while the cops were there. I'm like, yeah, that's them right there. And so they. Are you 100% sure that that's the car, sir? I'm just like hearing a noise. I think yeah. that that's the same noise. I'm not seeing the car. Yeah. So I have no idea what happened. You know, they, they never right. came or the cops never came yeah, back. Okay. And I don't think they ever called you back. No, uh, no. they um, didn't. But didn't they basically say it's Palaka. It's a boring town. You were something fun to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They are surprised something new. So <laughs> Loveland and Jordan uh, or Loveland, uh, Joseph. In Joseph. Uh, yeah. So Loveland was like, all right, she fueled up, did her normal thing. She was ready to go. And Joseph was ready to take her to the next leg. And. And so, yeah, another slightly stressful. But we were uh, so happy situation. to get out of Palaka. Yeah. yeah. Many incidents in, in a matter of like three, four hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, we were paranoid. We were starting seeing like pickups. Was that pickup in the gas station that we, ah, oh, yeah. just get out of there. I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing's good. Nothing good's going on at 1 a.m. You know, on a Monday morning in Palaka, people are out and about. <laughs> so. And we, and you know, of course, I think the crew number one priority was our safety too. For me and Jordan, you know, like yeah. if they knew, if they knew that we were out there, and then these kids are out there harassing yeah. them. We yeah, were we were afraid of that. We were going to find you guys next. Yeah. yeah, and we were like, oh my god, they are like two blocks away, yeah. and they're yeah. still here. So yeah. it's, it was. I didn't, we didn't know about it until we got there, but I'm glad we didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really the bigger concern is just like, well, they're out there. We're in this nice, you know, camper van. You know, we're, you know, we're okay. But, you know, it was just like, well, we're responsible for sending Loveland back out into that area, you know, and saying, okay, good luck. Well, watch right. out for these people, these people, and, and the guy from the Circle K. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then you know Joseph, Joseph uh Grinslake, I mean he's I'm just glad he's the one that drew me over to that bridge because that was the bridge that we had to run through. And I knew I was safe with him because I knew he do he knows like judo and he knows how to kill people if he uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he heard a person <laughs> So I wasn't, I was not worried about that. Like he, I knew we were going to get through it. We did an eight mile thing or nine mile thing stretch where we met um, Steve and, you know, kind of like almost a second to the last aid station, you know, like where we met Steve and, and Megan to just sit down and like take a nap if we wanted to, but we just needed to sit down and take a breather. And then, and then we moved on again to the next one to where we could sleep a little bit. And then that was when the morning comes and I woke up or I didn't even woke did, did I sleep? Did I sleep? Uh, did. Yeah. yeah. Sleep for an hour did. and a half. Yeah. yeah. I slept and then woke up and that's when you saw me coming out of the van dancing and like, I'm ready to go Jumping. home. Jumping. Yeah. Jumping ready to get it in done. the air. Yeah. So it was, I, I was ready. I, I do remember, I'm remembering now that that night while Joseph was there at some point, Loveling was like, I don't care. Let's go. I have a weapon. And Joseph looked at us and she, he's like, a what? <laughs> she's not. She cannot carry anything. She's not on her mind. She's like yeah. she's sleep deprived. She can't get over Lovely said, like, "I don't care. Have a weapon." Oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna run the last thirty miles on my own. And we were like, "Mm-hmm." No. <laughs> 
Sleep deprived. That's what Sleep happens. Deprived. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, that's that's not laughing talking. Yeah, but when I woke up that morning, I was like, let's take you guys home. I don't even want to go home. I just want to take you guys home because I knew it's been a long weekend. Oh my God. Was I that was the ready. long talk that you had with us? Guys, no. I need to talk to you. No, <laughs> that was that was one mile one sixty. That was not it. But yeah, I did have a talk with them. But yeah, I would I just wanted to be done. I wanted to be over. Um, because I knew I was going to be on a road. I wasn't going to be anywhere pretty at all. So I just wanted to get to that pier and, yeah, to just get it done. And we did. We we woke up and Rosa and I were ready to do nine miles or eight miles together. And I was quiet. She was dancing. I just ran. Yeah. So our cues for, for the pacers were read her body language. If she's talking to you, you talk. If she's not talking to you, you keep quiet. You don't talk. You don't say anything. You don't. You don't make a noise. If she wants to run, she's running. If she wants to walk, she's gonna walk. So that day, I remember that that was morning Monday morning, yeah. and she had at the time. I don't know when with what with what pacers you started this, doing this ratio, but we were doing like something like. Um, 0.6 miles walking, 0.4, running or jogging, but it was consistent and steady. And this was Monday morning, so she would do just like hand signs like walk, but it was like seamless, consistent, steady. Mm. She looked so strong, and this was Monday. Yeah, you couldn't tell she had been running for two whole days. Yeah, you <laughs> couldn't. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so take me in, take me into St. Augustine. What, what was it like getting to that pier? Well, um, the, the, there was a section I know that Matt and, and Michael talked about that there was just like, man, this is the most craziest. Because I was reading that letter from them. I call it letter. <laughs> <laughs> Notes. <laughs> Dear Loveland, you're going to have some, you know, shoulder running. You're going to dodge cars. They don't stop for you. It was traffic during the time that they went through it. So, you know, rush hour time that they went through it. So it was crazy. So I, I knew what to expect. Um, obviously, we were running on just like paved and some of them in the shoulder, some of them in the sidewalk. And then we got into this weird intersection. There was like multiple bridges multiple crossing nobody was letting us cross it's almost like I had to like do this hand gesture to, to the cars to like just stop and let us cross so it was weird because this whole entire time while I was running with my crew I was almost like leading them at the same time yet letting them lead me you know what I mean like they, like what Rosa said they were reading my my body language so Jordan was reading me really really good because they gave him some um, pointers like Rosa was telling Jordan this is how you pace Loveland so he was just following my lead. So I would tell him to like, don't cross, stop by using just my hand gesture or stay close to me, stay behind me, come in front of me. It was all hand gesture because I was really fearful of our safety there because there was a lot of cars. It was in the morning on a Monday morning, right? Um, so kind of like the opposite of what Michael and Matt experienced. They were doing the rush hour. We were in the morning rush hour. Um, so it was kind of scary and all I could, all I could do and say was like the F word. I kept saying the F word over and over again. I don't, I, it's just because I was so scared of the cars of what they were going to do to us. Um, and through the, and then when, when the last aid station where I wanted to meet with Steve and the, the only reason I was telling Steve this later on, like the reason why I wanted to meet him at this one gas station and I could have just kept going with Jordan because we only had like four more miles left um, but I remember on my note that we were going to go over a bridge 
that big bridge and how scary that is. And <laughs> I just remember, you know, I had this flashback of the Keys 100 when I was doing the seven mile bridge with um, Steve. And that was one of the scariest part because you're so close to the road. The cars are so close to you. You know, they're going the opposite way that you're going. Um, and they're coming towards you very fast, very windy. That was the scariest part of the race for me. Honestly, yes, Palaka was scary, but because I could, but I could see everything during the day on that bridge, um, and it was so windy, and I was scared for my life. I was scared for you know for Steve's life because I don't know what these cars are gonna do. You just have no control over them. Um, you don't know how quickly they're gonna turn. There were some turns that like they were turning, but you don't know if they're gonna come towards the shoulder, you know, like you had to move all the way to the grass. It was just almost painful too, because you have to move to the grass. It was uneven. It was just, it was just, you know, just too much going on stimulation in my, for my brain for that, for being a Monday, the third day, or almost the fourth day of running, right? That I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust the cars. So I asked Steve to meet me in that gas station before crossing the bridge because I knew him, he and I did the seven mile bridge. And like I said, it just, we have that same experience. We kind of know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like we both know what we're going to be sharing. That was scary. And then he kept telling me we're almost there. <laughs> just, just, just around the corner. <laughs> he kept saying that. <laughs> Which I, I almost believed in, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it got you there. Yeah, it got me there. Eventually. And then we made it to the to the pier. Oh, and she didn't know that, that uh, Ron got us the buckle the day before. We were hiding the buckle from her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was a good surprise. That was a very good surprise. That's awesome. That was a good prize to have at the end. She thought it's that it was going to be mailed to her. <laughs> yeah like, like it was very way. nice from Ron to bring the buckle to us he was just like I know she will get it she will get to the end here's the buckle yeah I was I was really surprised for that that he, he has this like you know believe in me but at the same time like wow like you really did believe that I could could do it which you know like it's nice nice to people it was, a, <laughs> it was a fun conversation like what if <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to keep it? Right. <laughs> it's ours now. And how far away could you see that pier? Um, not really because yeah, it was literally it. around the corner. <laughs> yeah. So we had to turn to this parking lot and I you know, even like when we get when we got to that pier entrance, I was like, This is it? Like I sure I don't have to run all the way at the end, you know, and Megan was like, No, this is it, you're done and, and then you know it's almost like what are you are you sure like you know like i want to keep going <laughs> i don't going, think I guess. you would have to go to the end it's like that's the big deal but no it was yeah. locked to us you had to pay to go to be right. so yeah touch the door and that's what ron said we double checked with him okay so i trusted them and i was like okay i'm done i remember uh, seeing loveland and i was like i think that she's crying but she's too dehydrated she doesn't have tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it was weird because i didn't cry until like two days later, whenever Steve posted hey. that, because I just, I couldn't believe it. Like right. I could not believe that that just happened. Like even when we were done and just like getting back in the car and kind of like taking off our, you know, like trying to get comfortable. And then like, I was like, it's done. Like, 
it was it's done like nothing else needs to be done now it was just you finished it's it was just unreal to me and i think until two days later or even now i'm still kind of like i still i can't believe it's done yeah that i that we did that you did that yeah like yeah. you did it yeah <laughs> you were just along for the adventure you finished. 200 just, miles yeah. first yeah. female yeah. yeah yes that's right first female ever to do this you will always <laughs> hold that title <laughs> that was one of the uh definitely uh, a good push for me to know that i would be the first one to do this as a female i mean obviously it was a, the motivation for me when i sign up when i found out that there was female that had tried it before but they never succeeded i knew that was like a big motivator for me um to get it done as the first female because i mean i'm all about getting more women out to do things like this that's going to push their their limit a little bit harder or get them on the trails or you know see what they're made of and you know for people like me as far as that or any woman like me uh who are a mother uh you know has a full-time career has family and you know they they can do it if you just if you just put your mind into it and uh, put your heart into it and, and do the right things and of course have an amazing crew or community behind your back that supports you um, and it's out there, you know, you just have to ask for that and there's going to be people that are willing to help you. So I knew I could do it because of, of the people that I was around. So, yeah, that was a big draw. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I guess we can kind of start wrapping it up with, mm -hmm. you know, the classic, what was the good, the bad and the ugly for the across Florida 200? <sighs> um, you know, I think the good about this is that you know, what we all talked about already in the beginning is just that the, the experience, being able to experience this with other people. I knew, I, you know, w when I signed up for this, you know, it was all about what can I do as a human being? What, how can I push myself to the fullest potential of a human being? That's kind of like when I sign up, that's what my mindset. But the good about it is that I gained beyond than that. Yes, I pushed myself and now I can do so many hard things. Right. And, um, but the fact that we have this like bond of a shared adventure together with, with Megan, with Rosa and Steve, and of course, Kahlo, Yujo, Joseph, um, Lewis and, um, Jordan and Carrie, you know, this just experience to share together to me was the best part. Um, I knew it was like, my, I'm going to be running there, but I knew this was going to be the best part of that. It's just to share this adventure with this amazing people. Uh, that was the good part for me. The bad um, <laughs> really is just, you know, be putting ourselves, being in a situation where we knew it was either, you know, it's a dangerous one or it could cost someone's life. You know, I mean, that was something that we knew coming in, doing something like this possibly, but of course you never want to experience it. I don't really think that there was anything bad. I think overall, everything was just how it was supposed to be, and it was perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how it happened that way, um, but it's just how it happened. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna get out of it <laughs> for now. Well said. Yeah, I mean, hey, what about a crew crew perspective? 
I can say the, the good, the laughs. We laugh so much. I mean, we, we missed out on those. <laughs> we were exhausted, but we had so much fun waiting for Lovely. <laughs> we were slap happy. At, like, it was hilarious. Oh, uh, we were crying. Yes. It was so fun. And, and we had this conversation because so incredible that even though Loveline is a big part, it's a humongous part of the weekend, she missed out of those. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I we, love hearing this. I love hearing Right. It, and it's like, it, it was so funny. And every single person that came along for a period of time brought like this new energy. And it was just amazing <laughs> yeah i love that yeah I, I would echo what uh, rosa said for sure i mean definitely the good on the crewing is is kind of the overall adventure shared with others and, and loveland mentioned that too i mean i it uh you know you go in with the plan and you know the goal of getting her across the line and the plan of how we think it's going to go down knowing that it probably won't go down that way and of course it doesn't and then just being able to adapt and and move on from there um i mean that that whole experience was just uh cool and again good to share it with megan and rosa and, and the way we kind of you know came together to to see loveland across i mean the bad yeah some of the folks along the way maybe but uh <laughs> and I think, kind of like Loveland said, I mean, I think it played out exactly as it, as it should have. And now we're sitting here reliving it, what, two weeks later and, you know, having some laughs about it and still shaking my head in disbelief on on what you accomplished, Loveland, and how we <laughs> how we all managed to get, you know, get to the finish line. Um, yeah. It's still crazy. But, uh, yeah, just overall great experience. And Oh, I can say an ugly so I do remember we were crossing the trail. I don't remember what part it was, but we hear like this like water flowing and Lovely and I stopped. We were like, what's that noise? And it was a family of hogs, moms, babies, but like 20 of them. And she <laughs> grabbed me and used me as a shield. Like, what the <laughs> 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 I've never seen so many babies, babies that much. Um, so you were like, taller than me. <laughs> yeah, there were like waterfalls falling because there yep. were so many. So many. That was, um, yeah, it was no bad at all. I don't think there's any bad. It's just an ugly part, you know. I feel like it happened for the reason, and yeah. I love, I love that I shared this adventure with people. It's like you know when you travel somewhere solo, you wish somebody was there with you. <laughs> like this is one of those things that like. I'm so glad that I have Megan, Rosa, and Steve, and everybody that was there to share this with because I, I mean it's changed my whole being as a human being. I mean my whole entire being, my 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 outlook of everything is just um, people and in in nature and myself. I mean in, in everything, it's just like I said. I'm still trying to consume everything that I just experienced because there's so much, um, so much good. Um, I mean you guys, you, the crew, the pacer you guys i mean you guys waited for me and without no nobody had a single bad attitude out there that said like i can't believe it took you that long or i never felt like there was anything from you guys though know, disappointing or any kind of negative uh, emotion because i know like i'm a, i can read people pretty well and 
if I read that, it will affect me. And I did not, I did not read that at all. And that's how grateful I am and thankful I am. And I'm just so lucky to have you guys as friends. And I really do love you guys. So thank you. I really do. So there was a moment that um, nothing had a talk with us. But before she had a talk with us, um, Steve, Megan, and I, we had a talk in, just with each other because <laughs> our plan was like, well, Laughlin wants to finish like early morning Monday or like Sunday night. And we were like, well, uh, per plan, per timing, per paces, we're going to be here longer. And we were like, we're here on the long road. We, we're not going to leave her where we all like made arranges for arrangements for like took off from work or stuff and we're like even if it's longer we're here until she's done and then she comes to the van and she's like hey guys i really need to talk to you i had like i don't know how many miles you had to think this through but you can tell about that conversation that, <laughs> that you told us yeah i was i was gonna beg them to stay because i <laughs> Like, can you just drive? Can one of you stay to drive the van? <laughs> like, I know you have to go home. Like, I felt bad that I was, you know, taking this in this adventure for this long. But I was just, I mean, obviously, I knew they were not going to leave me. But I had to say that that's how I was feeling. And I had to say it out loud. I even said that, like, this is what's in my mind. And it's probably not real. But I need to say it out loud. And, and, and we, I just kept t telling her, like, we made our minds. We're staying. And she's like, let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, it, it takes a village. It takes a team. It takes a village. It really does. So, yeah. I'm excited for whoever wants to conquer it next. I'm excited for them. And I'm excited because they'll get to feel this adventure the same way I felt. Hopefully the same way I felt it. So, Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. This was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <it was>. <laughs> <laughs> reliving that again it's kind of cool to talk about it it's kind of like neat yeah it is yeah thank you joe yeah this was a lot of fun and thank you for all the stories that you, you share with us it yes. was, we laughed so much <laughs> <laughs> pooh bear <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> yeah, now everybody gets to hear the Pooh Bear story. That's, that's the uh, story for pacing. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Until, until next time, we're doing a bad water. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. I already asked them to be my bad water crew. That's <laughs> after doing this 200 and saying you're the first woman to do it. So I feel like that'll be a big selling point. Me. I yeah. totally was reading the website today. Just so yep. you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was good on, yeah, it was good on the resume. It looks good on resume for sure. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here with me. Of course. Thank you yeah, for inviting fun. us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Do we just hang up now? <laughs> <laughs> past, uh, past Steve's bedtime, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd you do? All right, y'all. Have a good night. Right. Thank you, guys. And there we have it for the Across Florida 200 with Loveland Finley and her crew. Honestly, just truly freaking amazing. 
and just be able to witness, you know, just a tiny fraction of all the miles that she put in and got it done. So, hey, here we are in the new year. You know, I've got some big plans for the podcast and, you know, it's not the one year anniversary of the podcast yet. That will come on the 13th of January. But hey, stay tuned for that. Some cool stuff. Awesome episodes to come. And, and hey, until next time, happy trails.